time traveling and time machines have been a part of our imagination since as far back as we can remember. It has appealed to the imagination of the human race for centuries. As crazy and absurd the thought of traveling back and forwards in time is, some of the world's most brilliant scientists have theorized that going back and forward in time could one day be made a reality. Albert Einstein, for example, concluded in his later years that the past, present, and future all exist simultaneously, and most are familiar with his well-known concept of relativity. That is, that time is relative and not absolute, as Newton claimed. With the proper technology, such as a very fast spaceship, one person is able to experience several days while another person simultaneously experiences only a few hours or minutes. Yet the wisdom of Einstein's convictions had very little impact on cosmology or science in general. The majority of physicists have been slow to give up the ordinary assumptions we make about time. However, if time travel really was possible, one can hardly contemplate what this may mean for humanity for whoever has the power to move through time or has the power to modify history. While this may sound attractive, it would be impossible to know the consequences of any alteration of past events and how this would affect our future. He's talking and I'm not and I'm just... <sighs> <laughs> And then I'm talking. <laughs> no, but wait, wait! I have something for him. Boom! You get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast. Concentrate on the news. That's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong with black What the fuck are you saying? All right. What are you singing? All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History. Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria. With me to my left is my confused brother, Josh. Mad! I'm just confused and... And sitting to the right of me is the is our singing, Achi. I'm fucking tired. I was mid-yawn and you fucked it up. It's, uh, that's how I hop myself up, Tim. It feels bad when somebody interrupts your yawn. Speaking of interrupting today's episode... Oh... <laughs> Right, we're gonna be talking about. I'm just gonna fuck myself. Yeah, fuck yourself, dude. Yep. We're gonna be talking about time travel. Hell yeah! Oh my gosh! We're gonna be talking about. I'm just gonna throw some theories at us. Some ways that you could possibly time travel. My brother's gonna talk to us about a few cases about people or things time traveling. Uh huh. Acclaimed time travelers. Ooh. Yep. I see some. I see some examples. And I will be, and I will be your trusty. I'll guy. be mad if you don't bring him up. Probably won't. Oh, I probably won't. Don't worry, I got you. See this disappointment, <laughs> <laughs> all disappointment. And I will be you guys' traveling guide if you decide to time travel back to medieval England. But before we start, if someone offered you a chance to go back anywhere in time, where would you go? Would you go back to Austria, April 21st, 1889, the day after a young Adolf Hitler was born? How about January 13th, 2016, with the winning lottery numbers, so he gets some of that 1.5 billion jackpot? Roman times, during the height of their empire to see the Colosseum and the City of Gods. 
how about ancient Egypt, to learn the secret to the pyramids and see how they were built. Or Babylon around 600 BC and see the creation of the hanging gardens of Babylon. Or maybe you want to go back even further, back to the Cretaceous period and risk being eaten by a T-Rex. Josh, I'm asking you, if you go back in time, oh, shit. where would you go? Where would I go? From the options that you gave no. us or just, just... In general. In general. Those are some of the options I would want to go back in time to. To see the Coliseum, see a bunch of shit like that. Honestly, I'm not interested in going back in time. Believe it or not. Same. I'm, I'm good where Same. I am. Um, uh, it's like people will, will, will say, fuck it, I'm going to go back in time to fix errors and shit. No, I'll probably, like, if I do go back in time, I'm going to go back in time and make more errors. I'm just going to fuck shit up even more. That would be my goal. So the things I couldn't fuck up, I'm a fuck up, nice. but uh, I think I'll just stay. I'll I'll be in present time. I'm so you wouldn't even there. go back in time no, for anything. No, no. Yeah, no. Really? I, I wouldn't. Yeah, future I, maybe. I'll yeah. be down for the future. I'm down for I'll be the like, future. Fuck it, surprise, motherfucker. Let's see what fucking hits me. But uh, I don't know. Back in time, it's like for real. Like, nowhere. I no, feel like nothing. I feel like things. Fuck it. If I can meet Jesus Christ, fuck it. I'll probably probably drink a beer with him. Wine, right? Yeah, I'm down for I'll kick it with him. I don't know, but just I just feel like just things have been shitty. Like before, things well, are I things mean, are I mean, just shittier than they are now. Now knowing, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay, you that's what we come from. Like going bad, you're like shit. Yeah. I know what you know the, the environment, what's going on. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. You. I feel you. Things were horrible back then. So I would go into the future. I wouldn't go. How far into the future? Ah, fucking random. But close my eyes and just point and. If someone tells you, give me a year. Uh, I don't know. Fucking. I want to say 2080. No, oh, I'm so you're thinking about nearby future. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like 6,000 something, oh, bro. Fuck. Let's see what the fuck's going to hit me. You know? Nah. I feel like. Dude, Loki. Was that too much? I sense a fucking <laughs> war coming in. I just want to be right after the cusp of that war. Yeah, 6,000 years into it? Oh, fuck it. I'm pretty sure it'll be done or. I'll just spawn in an abyss. Then you're just gonna be like, you don't exist anymore. Probably, probably. Mm. I'll be the only. Not a, watch, like, Earth, where would watch I spawn? Earth be non-existent. Where would I spawn? The Milky Way you're galaxy just, is just, shit. I spawn a black hole and just die immediately. You're just spawn, ah, boom. What's fucking God. Halo mods? Fucking Halo two days? You just, just spawn and die. Fuck. Well, we, you, well, you guys are wrong. Your answers are wrong. Wait, How what? the fuck? They're, this they're is they're my wrong. opinion, mother. They're wrong. You asked us. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Your, your well, fuck me, right? And if you and if you ask and if you answered any of the any of the ones I mentioned, you're wrong too, because the correct answer to the question of where would you go if you had a chance to travel back in time, the answer is medieval England, right? And, and if you're wondering <laughs> Get why, that bullshit out of here. You're wondering why. You, I'm not wondering why. why. Because skip, of, because skip of I, the ad. Can because, I skip the ad? Because Ian Mortimer, the author of my source <laughs> for today's episode, for today's episode, the time travel guide segue. to medieval England, what a handbook segue. for visitors to the 14th century. This book is actually pretty fucking cool. This book is actually really cool. The title is the Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England, and it talks about especially a handbook. It's written to it's written to be kind of like a traveler's like yeah, yeah. He, like if you're a time traveler like take this bug and I'll and I'll tell you this is what you should do this is what you should wear yeah. to become to not be 
be noticed out of time, like we're, like we're going to mention later on in the episode. I'm going to wear a Hawaiian shirt with cargo shorts, some fucking white Nike, some high white socks, and a fucking fanny pack. Somebody did that already. And there's, I'm going to mention it later in the episode, something called the Adidas Mummy. The Adidas Mummy. <laughs> Adidas Mummy. This fucker's kidding. That shit was right. ruling with fucking swag, bro. So throughout today's episode, I will be explaining a few things to look Yeezys. out for when you travel back to medieval England. So if you are fortunate enough to be able to choose where in medieval England you should travel back to, here's a small list of the cities and towns to consider. First one, I'm going to just name the top five biggest in population wise. First one, Norwich, which is the fifth largest town with an estimated population of 6,600. Then we have, uh, then we have Coventry, the fourth largest town with an estimated population of 8,000. Then we have Bristol, the third largest, with 10.5K. Then we have York, the second largest, with an estimated 12,000. And then we have London, your ideal place to travel back in time to, because the estimated population, 40,000. Right? At this point in medieval England, London was the mecca of the world. So if you don't want to be noticed or seen, it's probably better for you to hide in large crowds. So London would be your best bet. So for the sake of an argument, we're going to assume you're going with London as your destination. Uh, I don't know. You said that's the second largest? Uh, That's the biggest. Oh, that's the biggest. The second largest is York with with 12,000. And then it's London, 40K. If you combine the whole population of the other four, it it still won't even equal London. How right. big is the population of LA? This is medieval England, so none. No, I'm talking about now. Oh, like 30 million. 40K, <laughs> it's, it's like right here. It's a block. The whole block has it's, 40K. This is a block? Yeah. It's a block right here? <laughs> it's a block right here, bro. I believe it with all those fucking cars parked <laughs> in the street. 40K, that was like, that was my high school. That was, that was Linwood High School. Yeah. Damn. Just kids. So, London, not just the largest city in England, but also the richest, the most vibrant, also the most polluted. The smelliest, the most violent, but more importantly, the most diverse. Mm, my style. So the first This thing, is where he wants us to go back to. Yeah. So the first thing you're gonna notice when arriving in London is the overwhelming sight of houses. How wide the streets are. Some streets are twenty feet wide. These motherfuckers are huge streets. They're like highways. In between like in like those are the streets. They're just wide as hell. And so many markets. London is so full of fucking vendors and markets. From people from all over the world selling and buying shit. So if you're going to try to hide, hide amongst the crowd. So you're going to notice the swans gracefully moving up the river amongst the hundreds of small boats bobbing up and down. The streets are very busy with trade and commerce. 100 ton ships, they're able to dock here, making London an international trade center. Mm-hmm. So there's all walks of life coming in and out. So maybe you dressed in your Hawaiian shirt, your fanny pack and your Yeezys, you might not stand out as much as you maybe thought you were, especially if it's this area of commerce with so many walks of life are coming in and out. I'd be accused of being a witch. You, you'll see many businessmen dressed in fine velvet, satin, and like many cities, London is a place of huge contrasts. So the same streets where all this trade is happening, where these fine businessmen businessmen and travelers are exchanging money and goods 
you'll also see tubs of putrid, dirty water placed randomly here and there. Why? Throughout the city of London. Supposedly, these tubs of dirty water are meant in case of a fire. But no one knows. A lot of times, just these tubs are just basically people's feces, to- toilet trash. Son of a. The streets are paved with a shit surface and are so uneven that puddles of mud and animal shit stain every road in London. Mm. Because of this, the smell of animal shit, rotten vegetables, fish remains, and the guts of skinned animals made London have a huge sanitation problem during this period. With London having 40,000 permanent residents at any given day, that number triples when you consider the amount of travel and trade that goes in and on the streets and docks of London. That means that it's 100,000 mouths to feed and 100,000 people needing to take a shit. You now also have a sewage system not meant to handle anything of this proportion, adding to the smells I previously mentioned. So because of this, you'll see rats, lots and lots of rats, as well as large amounts of dogs and pigs. So London's biggest problem around this time was of scale. It was just the large amounts of shit and trash that the city had had trouble coping with. Put that with the fact that London at this time was a walled city that was still expanding. If you remember from our Paris Catacomb episode, you remember that during this time, London was littered with parishes and churches and there was the wall that they were so ever expanding. So to paint you a picture of just how densely populated London was, during the Great Plague of 1348 and 1349, the Black Plague that took out one-third of Europe's population, London was losing 200 citizens a day. Every day, 200 people were dying. What the? Daily. But for every one person in the city dying, three were coming in the countryside, hoping to take their place. Hmm. So because of this, (laughs) the streets are littered with shops and vendors, like I mentioned earlier about the trading going on between businessmen and sailors. Right next to them are pelters, people selling animal skins. And fullers, people who clean raw wool and other materials. So now imagine the smell of having a fishmonger shop next to a perfume shop that's across a person selling spices next to someone selling meat. And that's just London. That's worse than the Macy's perfume aisle. I actually, I actually love walking to those perfume aisles. You're nauseous. I love You're it. You're fucking lying. I love it. Nauseous. Bro. Is it worse than what's that fucking um, American? No. Hollister. Yeah, Hollister. Dude, have you walked in there? Or Abercrombie and Fitch? Abercrombie and Fitch was horrible. Hollister was just dark. It, no, it both was smelled the same way. Yeah, but Hollister was that dark. That shit burned. It burned my nostrils. That was, Aber, that was Abercrombie and Fitch to me. What the fuck are you saying? I never. What, what is that? It's another store like that. It, yeah. What's it called? Abercrombie Aber, and Fitch? Abercrombie? Some shit. What the fuck? Sounds like you guys just made this shit up. Why am I mad about it? I'll throw you in I'm there. I'm mad because I don't know about it. I'll throw you in there. <laughs> Promise? So, so-called imaginary place of yours. I won't. Good luck trying to get out. All right. So, but if you can ignore the smell of spicy meat and shit, you'll be able to see all the goldsmith. Wait, you said spicy meat? Yeah, spicy meat. Spicy meat. It's people selling spices and meat, and a lot of people just buy spices and okay. put it together. Okay. Meat. I don't know why that sounded weird. I was like, spicy meat! 
Yeah, some what kind of? What do you tricky. mean? What do yeah. you mean? Korean barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't know why I'm reacting like this. That's why I was like, oh, it's, it's spicy meat. Yeah. So if you can. So if you hey, can we're going to cut you off, Josh. You're getting mad for everything. <laughs> Low key, I'm in a bad mood right now. But if you can't. It's all that ringing in your ear from last night. Yeah, time. that's fucked. I mean, shout out to Roomba, uh, the Roomba Room Live uh, for having us there. I'm pretty sure that's why he's always loud because he's fucking deaf and doesn't know how loud he is. <laughs> this happened yesterday. Like, the fuck? It's like a general problem, though. All right, so if you can ignore the smell of spicy meat and shit, you'll be able to see all the goldsmiths and silversmiths the city has to offer, all the silk merchants and apothecaries. And if you're lucky enough, on special occasions, London's Conduit, which is a man-made underground channel that brought drinking water to the city from the mountain, this conduit will run with wine. What? You'll literally have a river of wine run through the streets of London. So if you're there during a coronation or the arrival of a captive king, open wide because literally the streets will be painted red. With wine, but the uh, but the whole point of this segment is to make you guys want to visit London. I, I don't. Want what that. what you just described is doing the complete opposite effect. So here are a few things to check out while you're there that will entice you visiting London. Right? I fucking doubt it. So you have the London Bridge. Okay. One of the engineering marvels of its time. Okay. Fair enough. Saint Paul's. Right, jump off off of that bridge after all that. Saint, Bullshit. Saint, all right. You have Saint Paul's Cathedral. One of the most beautiful cathedrals ever built. Mm-hmm. Pray to God, take me out of this place. Okay, the royal palace and the tower and the, the royal palace and the Tower of London. If you want, you can listen to our mini episode on the Tower of London. If you want to know more, mm. and then plug. you also have the London Wall. Are you gonna say something? No, it's just saying plug, plug. And then you have Smithfield. Is one I would suggest to check out if you want to check out some medieval jousts. And tournaments. That I want to see. But I would suggest the Tyburn. So most towns and cities, they execute their thieves and murderers outside the gates of the castles. London is different. The place for common thieves to be hanged is at the junction of Tyburn Road and Watling Street. This intersection has gallows sitting here permanently. Hmm. That's the place where they execute all their thieves. They per- that's the spot. They have permanent gallows. Executions take place almost every single day. The best ones to attend to are those of high status traders like Roger Mortimer. So Roger Mortimer, the third Baron Mortimer, first Earl of March, born April 25th, 1287. Dead, November 29, 1330, was an English nobleman and powerful marcher lord who gained many estates in the Welsh marches and Ireland following his advantageous marriage to the wealthy Harris Joan de Geneville, second Baroness of Geneville. On November 1316, he was appointed Lord Lieutenant of Ireland. He was imprisoned in the Tower of London in 1322 for having led the marcher lords in a revolt against King Edward II in what became known as a Dispenser War. He later escaped to France, where he was joined by Edward's queen consort, Isabella, whom he may have taken as a mistress. After he and Isabella led a successful invasion and rebellion, Edward was deposed. Mortimer allegedly arranged his murder at Berkeley Castle, and for three years, 
Mortimer was the de facto ruler of England. At one point, he was the king of England before himself being overthrown by Edward's eldest son, Edward III. Accused of assuming royal power and other crimes, Mortimer was executed by hanging at Tyburn, where his body was left to hang for two whole as days. Mm, must smell good. Mm, mm, mm. Some of that spicy meat. Another place. Some Al Pastor. <laughs> Al Pastor. That's what. Oh, they chop him up like that. <laughs> Another place. Some pineapple. Mm, mm. Another place to check bad. out. The Southwark Stews. So it probably won't be a total surprise to know that prostitution was not tolerated in London. What? It was not? It was, it was not. not. What? But hanging a motherfucker was like a... Yeah, we, we could kill all we want, but don't slang ass. We don't like that. Mm. Right? They don't like you slanging ass. I'm trying to get some flat path. No flat path? But what if I told you there was one place where slapping ass and slanging ass was acceptable? Mm. Or more specifically, a street. I'll give you guys two chances. Can you guys guess the what the name of the street might have been? Mm. Two chances. No hints? No hints. Fuck. First letter of the word. Nah, there's no hint. It's a hint. Come on. If, if I give you the hint, you only get one chance. All right. I'll take it. I'm not going to fucking get it if I don't get a hint. All right. Let him take it. No, you both. <laughs> oh, come on, same ah, thing. Fuck. Um, <laughs> You're gonna hear what he says. Exactly. Like, Start with the right. letter C. <clears throat> wow, the first word that came was uh, that one. Yeah, that one. Thou should not say. Uh, say it. I don't know. You say. Cut. Ooh, nope. C, huh? I mean, you said it, but second word was cooch. I don't know why. Cooch Street? Cooch, coochie? I, I, coochie. I don't know. <laughs> Wrong. What is it? Is this something stupid? I'm punching you in the face, Archie. Cockling. Cockling. <laughs> I was going to say dick bell. Damn. Cockling? You could buy, you could go and buy a prostitute or purchase. Cockling. At Cockling. Cockling? Not cockling. Cockling. Huh. Hey, what's up, bro? Trying to get in the cockling? That sounds horrible. Here, men eat and drink ass. They, they have hot scented baths and spend time digging out guts and wrecking walls with the local women they may purchase for company. In 1374, there were 18 of these establishments all on Cock Lane. 18? And they were all run by women. Sense. I believe it. And the most impressive and the most impressive thing of all was that there was no negative stigma to this area or to the people working or frequenting Cock hmm. Lane. It was just like, oh, where'd you go, Archie? Oh, is that Cock Lane? All right, cool. All right, what are cool, we doing? Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of time traveling, you, you want to get the fuck out of there because. Real I quick. I don't know, Josh. I'm not convinced still. About England? I might see some no. jousting. I don't want to see someone get hanged. I might see some jousting. That's about it. What's jousting? Okay. Jousting when people is the horse one, right? Yeah. It's the one with yeah. the large. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not a joust. I'll joust a bitch. Joust a bitch? You want to get jousted? You better get a big ass joust to try to take my <laughs> fat ass off the horse. Bruh. Or I pee the horse, though. That's true. 
<laughs> you miss? <laughs> he agrees with it. Yeah, <sighs> yeah that's true. So, the fuck. <laughs> we talked about one place that you can go time traveling. Now we're going to talk about how you can time travel. No shit. So now, in order to first understand time travel, someone needs to understand what the theory of relativity is. Albert Einstein. Yep. So Albert Einstein published this theory in 1905, which he states that time is relative, that it isn't this constant thing that continually, continuously moves forward. He states that the speed and gravity play a huge role in how time is affected. If you change the other two factors, you will also, in effect, change time. In a way, a person can also age differently as well. And it's because of this theory that it opened up the possibility of time travel. Hmm. And they state this example of like, let's say, you know, you're keeping track of two people in 10 years, right? You have one person that's here on Earth, and then you have one person up in the sky just roaming around in space for 10 years. The person that is up in the sky will actually age a whole lot faster than the person that's here on Earth because of gravity, because of mass. And that kind of made it interesting because also like in the more minuscule way, it's like thinking about your watches. Depending on where you are in position in the Earth, some sometimes the watch starts slowing down. Sometimes it starts speeding up. That's why when you start seeing your watch, you're like, wait, why is it off compared to my phone? It's for that same reason. So now that we know that time can be affected, here are some theories on how you can possibly time travel. These are some theories that people have made up, um, came up with, scientists talked about. They're all possibilities, but obviously none of them are legit yet. Yeah, but the real one is the jacuzzi, alcohol, and a goddamn fucking energy drink now known get as there. what? And I'll get there. I forgot. I'm trying to shut up. Something. Shut, shut up. Okay, I'll shut I'll the fuck there. up. My bad. Shut my bad. Up. My bad. Shut the fuck up. All right. Shit. My bad. Damn. So the first one is the infinite cylinder, and this is a theory that was proposed by astronomer Frank Tipler, and it's also known as the Tipler cylinder. His theory states that uh, one would take a matter that is ten times the mass of the sun, roll it into this very large cylinder. As a matter of fact, an infinite cylinder. And then he theorizes that if this Tipler cylinder spins rapidly enough, it can bend through space, causing it to create a quote-unquote closed time-like curve. In other words, time travel. And in a theory, a spaceship that flies nearby this area can also travel through time. So imagine basically this kind of rolled-up mass. And just spans from one side of space all the way to the other. And it starts spinning rapidly. It starts affecting the gravity around the area. It starts affecting the mass around the area. And that starts creating this kind of almost worm, wormhole-like thing. And they state that if you pass through it, it'll take you to another dimension or another time. And the next one <laughs> is one of the common ones that we talked about it already. And that is dark holes. One of the outer space's most deepest mysteries is a dark hole. And if I remember correctly, we actually don't know what a dark hole actually looks like. Wrong. Wrong. But this is the first time I'm like, we, this is... Bro, we've seen a dark hole, bro. All right, so we all own one in our deck. Get the fuck out of here. It was a spell card. Get the fuck out of here. It, it, it turned shit around. So... It was a game changer. It was a game changer. My bad. At least when I remember, scientists have interpreted this as almost a vortex that only produces a shape 
slash light due to what the dark hole has suction around it. Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. spell card. Lightning vortex. Get I remember the fuck that out of here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Pop. And it's almost like what they say about the sky. Our blue sky is actually what we see due to the reflection of the ocean. And that's why the sky is blue. Or I might be full of shit here, but that's what I remember from high school. Sounds about right. So, how can dark holes be a vessel for time travel? Well, scientists speculate that dark holes are almost a portal to another realm. Others reply with saying that it's a time capsule where time around a dark hole speeds up way faster than what's inside. However, one thing is for sure. Unless you move faster than the speed of light, you, your squad, and your spaceship are going to be torn, torn to shreds. Because yeah. it's way too much for your, your body or for whatever shit to handle. to handle. So if you do make it to the other side, you're going to be fucking pudding. If you're not traveling at the speed of light. If you're not traveling at the speed of light. Faster than speed of light or yep. at the speed of light? No, at fast. least, at, at least, least, at least, minimum, least, yeah, yeah, travel at speed a lot. Mm-hmm. If you want to make it, the, the least you could do is travel as the fastest thing we know could travel. Mm. Yep. If I could see you move from across to this side, you ain't fast enough, bro. Bro, it's a transmission, bro. That's unless you're, say. unless you're like SpongeBob in that one episode, he's like, "You want to see me run to the rock? You want to see me do it again? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're that fast. Nice try. And the last possible theory. Cosmic strings. Another theory that can possibly cause time travel are cosmic strings. Cosmic strings are these long, skinny tubes of energy that have no start, no end, almost similar to the Tipler cylinder. Scientists believe that these energy strings are what's left of from millions, billions, possibly even trillions, if not more years ago, the creation of the universe. Scientists theorize that these strings are profoundly dense, so dense that it actually wraps space-time around them. Scientists theorize that if two cosmic strings meet, that this can possibly warp matter so much that it actually bends time as well. So these heavy-ass strings of what's left from possibly the what, what scientists theorize as the Big Bang are roaming around the universe. That's uh this theory is the theory behind that one space movie with what's his face, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Matthew McConaughey. Matthew. Yeah, you know how yeah, yeah. The, you know how he's looking through strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that movie's a fucking trip. That movie's man. really good. That was a dope ass movie. It really was. And now we went through the theories. Now let's go through the imagination. Now, when you think of time travel. What do you think is the first thing that comes to people's minds in order to make that a possibility? What do you think? If you want to time travel, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You get a what? Machine. Yep. Time machine. And of course, but according to space.com, the type of time machine that they describe here is not anything like the police box from Doctor Who, (laughs) the bicycle-like time machine from H.G. Wells or a hot tub. Sorry, Josh. It's not a hot tub time machine. When you said the bicycle, I was picturing... um, Pee Herman? Yeah, I was thinking the Pee Herman. I was like, we used the bicycle. I was like, the Pee Herman never time travel on that bike? Or the fucking... What's it call it? Back to the Future. Yeah. What is it called? The DeLorean? 
the DeLorean time machine. But believe it or not, that's what you should be thinking. It's more like the DeLorean time machine or like Flash going through the Speed Force. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying go buy yourself a red jumpsuit or a crapped out DeLorean. But these two methods are close to what a quote-unquote time machine functions. Space.com describes the time machine as a donut-shaped vacuum where a person races around the vacuum backwards so fast that it bends space within itself and thus bending through time. In order for this to work, however, the gravitational pull has to be tremendously strong and must be very precise as to how this is accomplished. So there's a certain speed that you have to be at in order for you to start bending through time and to successfully time travel. Too slow, you dead. Too fast, you dead. Oh, shit. Yeah. And those are the theories of how to possibly time travel. But if you could, would you? You would. I need to go to medieval I, England. I, no. Hell, oh, my. Now. And here's why, right? Now, would it? Shut up. The, you're going. Here's the thing. If you're into time travel, I'm not going to be the first people trying this shit out. Why? Because those fuckers who are going to be time traveling are going to be the first ones that time travel and never come back. Yeah. Or. Or. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. Carry on. So during medieval times. Oh, shit. Here in England, you're going to notice something very peculiar when looking at the churches and chapels up and down the countryside. You're obviously going to notice them painted with scenes from the Bible. But if you look closer, you're going to notice that every single one of these images of the Bible and the Holy Land look as if they took place during medieval England and not the time of Jesus Christ. The Romans, they're dressed in medieval clothes. Jesus Christ and the disciples, them too are dressed the same as the Romans. If you see any pictures of boats, homes, and soldiers, they too are medieval. You'll soon realize that people during medieval England had no understanding of cultural differences or development. No understanding that people living in completely different ages would look and act different. And it's this blind eye towards cultural differences that you'll find very interesting during this period of England. And this just doesn't apply to clothes. This also applies to languages, dates, time. Almost everything about the past is no different than the current daily life. And usually little things like period cosplay wouldn't really matter. But considering that many aspects, basic aspects of daily life during this time period would vary from culture to culture, it's important for me, a.k.a. Ian Mortimer, author of my source for today's episode, the Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England, to let you guys know about the little things that mean a lot. One of the craziest things during this time period are dates, right? Like the dates, like February, March. Yeah. Answer me this. When does a new year begin? What date does a new year begin? What date does a new year land on? First? What? January. January 1st. We both we all agree, right? It's January 1st. Right. What if I told you that wasn't always correct? Medieval English people mm-hmm. count the year of grace, the year of the Lord, as starting on Lady Day, 
March 25th. So in England, two different sets of people celebrate the new year at two different dates. Nice. There are a lot of different holidays or events where you can point to the beginning of a new year. The only problem is that a lot of these holidays and events kind of run simultaneously with one another. So for medieval English people, there is a third day where you can't point to being the beginning of a new year, and it's called Michaelmas on September 29th. Michaelmas? Michaelmas. So you have New Year's, January 1st. Then you have the uh, the Year of the Grace, March 25th. And you have Michaelmas, September 29th. Michael what? Michaelmas. It's kind of like Christmas, but take out Christ and put Michael. Michaelmas. Right? This is important because dates like this run congruent with one another. So if you are going back in time, you have to remember what date you came in. Let's say, for example, you're telling your, hey, I'm going to go back. Like, I'm only going to go to New, I'm going to be in medieval England for two weeks. My, I'm, I'm going to travel back in time. Meet me at this date on March 29th. They tell you that. When you go back in time, you have to make sure you're in the right town. That's March 29th because this town could be celebrating this t- on this town, it could be March 29th, but you go one town over, and it's April. What the fuck? And let me ex- and let me get let me exaggerate this shit a little more. And you want us to go there? I'm just telling you, if you go there, this is what you have to watch out for. Fair enough. The dating system during this time period is pretty fucking dick, and gets really mm-hmm. fucking complicated for international, or in your case, time travel. Let me give you one such example of this cluster fuck of a date system. I love cluster fucks. This is oh, I hate. So back in the day, <laughs> you'd be you'd give gifts to signify the new year, and let's say for this year you're celebrating the new year, 1367. Okay. So if you're in England, it's 1367. But if you're in let's say Florence, Italy, or in Venice, the year is still 1366. But in the Italian port of Pisa. It's actually 1367 already. In the same fucking country, there's this three, different, two different, years, yeah. three different years. One's, one celebrating, one it's already been, and the other one it hasn't even hit 1367. Here's another fucking ridiculous example. If you sail from England on January 1st, okay. 1366, mm-hmm. and you land at Pisa in mid-February... It will be 1367. So how long have you been traveling? Still one month, but the the, the each town, each celeb- they do their they're whatever the dates. fuck they want to do. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just like this. This is the date. All right, cool. And you go to the next town. This is the date. There's no rhyme or reason. But if you don't, if you then go to God Venice, damn. if you then go to Venice and arrive before. The end of February, you'll be back in 1366. So if you're in England, January 1st, 1366, England at Pisa, in mid-February, it'll be 1367. But if you go back, and if you land in England, and it's still not February, you're back in 1366. So you're traveling through travel. Return to your boat at Pisa after March 23rd, and it will be 1368. You skipped a whole fucking year already. If you're like two weeks late. Sail on to province and you will find yourself back in 1367. 
But if you're going to stop at Portugal or Castillo on the way back, you'll be in 14 fucking 05. Wait, the what? Fuck? It's been 40 fucking years if you go up sailing north, like a month, a month's travel, you skipped 40 fucking years. I'm saying all this so you can make sure you know exactly where you are and what year you want to head back home to and realize that depending on what country you're in, you could be in a completely different fucking section. Hey, Josh, are you convinced to want to go back? Uh, first here? of all, no. No. I, I low-key just want to end this episode right now. So, we talked about Respect. theories of time travel. Mm-hmm. We talked about a guide to the medieval times. Where you could still, still time travel within there. So now we're going to talk about uh, time travelers, people who claim to be time travelers. So I'm going to give you a list of stories of time travelers, and then I'm going to break down some pictures that you may or may not have seen of, you know, that kind of looks a little bit too future for its time type of thing. Hell yeah. Okay, so starting with number one, I think it's one of my favorite. It's uh, the name of Paul Dydnik. Right. He's uh Where's that? Where's that? He's a Swiss Austrian teacher. Okay, so let's go back 1921. Oh, oh one, the, back back. Oh, back back. So 1921, Paul, for some odd reason, got some unknown illness and hit a fucking coma, a state of coma for a whole year. Okay? In 1922, he woke up. Immediately, he asked for like a journal, a fucking diary. And he starts jotting shit down. People are like, what the fuck is he writing? He kept it a secret. He didn't want anyone to know what he was writing. Until 1938, uh, he gave this journal to one of his students. His student described, he rewrote, translated what he wrote in that diary. And this is what, essentially, what he wrote. Uh Uh-huh. It's 3906. 3906. His conscience landed and took place in another man's body known as Andrew Northman. Andrew Northman was a well-known scientist at that time. Mm-hmm. According, so, so according to him, according to the journal, mm-hmm. he woke up as Andrew Northman. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say this. This doesn't sound like a futuristic name at all. I'm just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. It won't be a futuristic name. In your case. It'll be fucking... It'll be a barcode. That sounds perfect, actually. <laughs> I can't argue that. So he woke up as this guy. But everyone around him was like... Oh, that's not Andrew North. And scientists, everyone's like... Oh, it's probably what they called... Uh, they, they actually had the term for it. It's called conscious... Conscious slide. That's where he wrote down. Mm-hmm. At that time, 3906, this was a thing. It was normal. It's like, oh, he's that's probably some other person's conscience. So let's keep him up to date. So Andrew or Paul, I should say Paul, mm-hmm. he told him where he was from, the year. So they updated him from what happened in the 19th century, whatever. Like, oh, buddy, all sit the down. way. Sit down. Yeah, yeah, all the way to the 40th century. The thing is, they told him that because they were like, all right, he's not gonna go back in time. Or his conscience is not going to leave and go back. Because mm. that's a very dangerous thing that can happen. Right? Your mindset, it's still 1920s. Right. You go to 3906. You know, right? When he 
woke up as uh, Northman, mm-hmm. instantly he knew everything. Like his memory, well, not his memories, but the knowledge of that time. Oh, everything right. just rushed at him, and All so right. so they broke it down. Mm. Whatever. And then a year later, right, his conscience goes back to 1922. Right, he was unconscious for a whole year com- uh, in that state of coma for one year. Mm-hmm. 1922, he woke up. That's when he wrote down that journal. Right, so he, he he in this journal he wrote down he was Andrew Northman for a while, blah blah. And then he wrote down predictions of what to expect from what they told him. From what they told him. So he wrote down whatever he could remember. And Instagram is going to be a real thing. Likes are going to ruin us. The Yeezy Easter collection is so, the best one. I fucking doubt it. So these are the important quote-unquote predictions that Dynick or Paul has for the future of humanity. Okay. This is what he said. Between 2000 and 2300, people are dealing with local minor wars, lack of proper nutrition, economic inequalities, ecological destruction of environment, and overpopulation. So that's from the year 2000 to 2300. 2204. People would complete a colonization of Mars that will host over 20 million people. That's almost LA. That's pretty cool, right? You're like, oh shit, we actually made it to Mars and we made it live in fucking habitat. Right, right, right. I did. It's, it's a major setup. So if you're like, yeah, I'll fucking live in Mars. Yeah, well, in 2266, there was a huge, huge fucking storm. Natural disaster that wiped out anything that lived in Mars at that time. So everyone here on Earth was like, all right, fuck that. We're never going to. Uh, colonized Mars? Yeah, or a planet in general after that incident. It's crazy. So we're stuck in Earth forever after that. In, 23, in 2309, a huge global war will happen. It would take a major impact on the majority of the population in this world. 2396, the establishment of a global parliament of the global union of nations will be created. Now, here's the crazy part. I think it's a good part. This union is not going to consist or involve businessmen or politicians. They're out of the fucking picture. Instead, it's going to be scientists, technologists, humanitarian figures, etc., etc. People of influencers. Mm-hmm. Instagram influencers. Yep. What? Instagram. You're like, I was, yep. like, I was like, yep. I was like, wait a second. Tummy tea for everybody. What? Nothing going. What the fuck did you just say? Just go on. Okay. I'm going to edit all that out. So, so after that happened, okay, in that same year, the ecological problems from nutrition to overpopulation and all those other issues that we're dealing with have right. been solved people won't have to work anymore there's a max of just two years that you work in your lifetime and that's it wait what yeah 
Universal. Two years. Universal income. We're trying to do that today. So, moving on. 3382. People would have a new spiritual ability. Which includes hyper intuition. And hyper vision. How crazy would that be? We got dark vision. And then between 3400 to 4000 there will be what's called universal creators in the global government they would have the abilities and qualities of a mystic adept scientist art artist philosopher and so on transportation food house clothes etc will be free they would have been private pop they wouldn't there wouldn't be private property in the society the only inequalities will be reputation and honor And that's pretty much what what his student, Paul's student, transcribed. Uh, transcribed. He actually wrote a book on it. Um, I could give it to you, put it up in the show notes too. There's an actual like genuine book. book. So, now this is not like a uh, a made up story. No, this is this is a real person, Paul Dynamic Dynak, and it's a true story, quote unquote. He was really in a coma, and he was he wrote the, like he's not a writer, he's not an author, right? But after he woke up, he started writing all this down. He wrote that book. No, he gave the journal to a student, and the student transcribed it, transcribed it, and wrote it into a book. All right? Yeah, you guys can find the picture of what the fuck this book looks like, and you guys can find the link of the book on the uh, episode show notes, and you can find, like I said, the picture on our Instagram at the Weird History Eerie Tales Pod, and. All this uh, predictions that I've read, I quoted from uh, posit- uh, Positive Things Only, which they had an article on it, and they just wrote down the predictions of what he predicted in that journal. Nice. Just a good shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Andrew Carlson. Now we're going a little bit into the future, 2003. What? All right, this guy. Well, the, the last one was 1921. All right. Right now we're going a little bit to the future from okay from, from that from that point of time. Andrew Carlson, this guy is a fucking genius, I guess. So he in in, in March 2003, he was arrested uh, for violations of SEC, which is short for uh, I think it's Social Exchange Commission, which is a federal government agency, right? And the reason why they arrest him is because he uh, he got into stocks, into stocks, right? And he invests. He started off with eight hundred bucks in investment and took what's called a high risk investment, which is like, all right, if you're trying to invest in what's called a high risk, there's a ninety five percent chance you're that fail. you're not going to get what you put in. Right. That's an example of what high risk is. Mm-hmm. He did 126 high risk investment in stocks, and he got and succeeded on all of them. He started off with just $800, made a revenue over $350 million. So the government was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! How the fuck is this guy? This this can't be luck." Check his pockets. You know what they find? What fucking game shark. (laughs) 
Game <laughs> Shark. So that drew attention to the SEC. The SEC. So they, they, they arrested him, they interrogated him, and he finally cracked. He told him, well, I'm a time traveler. All right. I could give you certain information in exchange if you lessen my punishment. So according to reports. But what, what are they going to punish him for? Well, apparently he was a violation of some shit. It's the federal mean? government. You're making too much fucking money. Yep. You can't fuck the government. The government fucks you. Yep. That's right. I'm, I'm so that's why they're mad. They're I'm, like, I'm, oh, hold on. There, there's just some illegal shit going on here. I'm fucking the government right now. They're like, hey. I haven't been protected. The government's like, you can't slang this ass. <laughs> so they agreed. They're like, fuck it. What can you tell us? So apparently he gave them the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden <laughs> and the cure for AIDS. So they're like, mm, I guess. But like three hundred. But you still million, in jail. Like three hundred fifty million dollars. Are you giving us AIDS? Nah, son. You have to give us more. Gee. And out of the blue, quote unquote mysterious man came and bailed him. After that, Andrew Carlson was never seen ever again. And to top that off, Andrew Carlson never existed. Never existed. He was never Ch- a thing. Try to find his fucking file and shit. Nada. But 126 high risk. Like, come on. Just the odds of that, bro. Right? The odds of that. Uh, I, I forgot to mention. Um, these time travelers, these stories and stuff, there's always a debunk, right? There's always people who are skeptical. Like, ah, yeah. this is from time to time. First, Paul Dynak or Dynak, there was no, like, way of, there was no information of how to debunk that because it was his just his writing, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's just he's, he could be lying, but there's no way of debunking because he just said predictions yeah. and what, yeah. So, but for this one, Andrew Carlson there's people who are skeptical and they look into it and they said that this story originated from from a, 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 a something called Weekly World News which is which was a satirical a satirical uh, newspaper kind of like the onion uh-huh so they're saying like yeah there was a story similar on there and then this just blew the fuck up in the internet mm-hmm. so people when time uh, yeah. went on, people added more information, more, and it just spread like a fucking wildfire. Right. Wildfire. So this is Andrew Carson. And then up next, we have an image, which I'm pretty sure all of us have seen. This is an image that was taken in 1941 in South Fork Bridge in Gold Bridge, British Columbia. This is black and white picture, right? Take a picture of a crowd, kind of zoomed in. Everyone looks similar when it comes to attire. Nice suited, old school look. And in the center, you see this guy who has shades. He has a printed t-shirt. And he has a hoodie on too, right? He has like a like, like a cardigan. Like a cardigan looking stuff. You're like, whoa, this guy. All right, this was the original picture. Like, this guy looks a little bit too ahead of his time. Right? 
Some people would assume that's a motherfucking time travel. All right, and then you have your skeptics. They're like, oh, well, let's break down this picture. Sunglasses, they were first introduced in the 1920s. So sunglasses were a thing back then. This was 1941. Mm. Okay, that printed t-shirt, people are saying they, they analyzed it, they zoomed in, and they fucking worked on it, whatever. They're like, that looks similar to what sport teams used to do for their team. They will, like, sew on the emblem of their team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after fucking analyzing and fucking editing or whatever, like, yeah, that looks like it's been sewn on. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's a breakdown of it. How do you explain the cardigan, bro? It's a cardigan. Well, they're saying that that's part of the jersey, like... His hairstyle, though. They're See, saying that his hairstyle is similar to other dudes. Oh. Yeah, it, it looks like a hairstyle that was in that time in 1941. It just... He looks like he has all the traits of people that would wear that. It's just that it almost seems kind of weird when you put them all together. Yeah, because everyone's dressed formally. Yeah. And he's dressed all casual. But even then, looking like this wasn't really a, a thing. Yeah. Like, just that combination. Yeah. Like, this is similar, that's similar, that's similar. But those things together looks really uncommon. Really uncommon. So, they call him the hipster. Yep. <laughs> 1941 bridge opening. And people are also saying that if it's not true... That's probably Photoshop, because it kind of looks Photoshop to me. No, it does. It does. But right. I, I was reading that this was uh, a legit picture. A legit picture. Now we're moving on to another picture in which I'm pretty sure all of us have seen or heard of, which is known as Chaplin's Time Traveler. Oh yeah. So 1928, here in Los Angeles, he released his uh, his premiere film known as The Circus. Right. Move on, October 2010. Uh, who looked into it? The filmmaker George Clark. He's an Irish director, filmmaker, whatever. He looked into it and he looked at the bonus uh, uh, scenes and stuff. And he analyzed, zoomed in on one of the scenes where you see this lady who's walking on set. Or I think in the, in the streets. She yeah. walks on the street and there's a zebra yeah. for, uh, like yeah. in front. And it looks yeah. like she's holding a mobile phone. Again, this is 1928. Mobile phones, quote unquote, it wasn't mobile phone. It didn't come out until 1973, mm. which was by Martin Cooper of Motorola. And even then, it sure. took 10 years later after that to actually release the first mobile phone. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was those big ass clunky pieces of shit. Yeah, it's huge as fuck. Which is kind of similar to what she's holding, kind of. This wasn't as big, but it, it was like, whoa, what the yeah. fuck is she holding? Mm-hmm. Right? So people are like, oh, she's a time traveler, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have people trying to debunk it. Right? So this is 1928. Now, four years earlier, 1924, there was a company known as Simon. Okay? It was an engineering company. And at that time, they were, uh, they were creating a hearing aid device. So people were like, well, let's check out this device to see if it looked alike. And it does. And surely enough, this device was developed in 1925. It was out there by 1925. 
It was known as a Model 34A audiophone carbon hearing aid, which measured smaller than 8 inches by 4 inches and could have easily been held in one hand as it weighed less than 2 pounds mm-hmm. with battery. Mm-hmm. And then you see the image of this hearing aid, and it looks similar to a cell phone if someone were be yeah. holding it against their ear. So that's a breakdown of uh, the debunk of uh, Charlie Chapin's Time Traveler. And it's crazy to crazy to think like how Time Travelers are always getting debunked. And do you think they're getting debunked because it's kind of true or true? They just want to cover up the story? Or it's just completely dick? I don't know. But... I have, a, I have three more cases. Well, time of time, 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 of time travel. Wow. That was horrible. The the first time one, travelers. The first one I wanted to talk about was the case of time traveler in the nineteen seventeen photograph. Let's see this. Well, in a picture taken in nineteen seventeen Canada, that's in a book titled "The Great History of Cape Scott." It shows a group of people sitting on the rocks of a beach. But among the crowd is a mu- is a man who appears sus- suspiciously out of place. Mm-hmm. Looking at the picture, you realize that his clothes do not match those of the other people at the beach. At all. He's wearing a regular black t-shirt when everyone else around him is in their usual early 1900s garbs. You know, vests, hats, chains coming from your like your titty pocket leading to nowhere and the guy has a pretty modern hairstyle but on top of that he's wearing jorts he's wearing jean Jean shorts shorts? that are cuffed at the knee which is which is something modern i'll show it to you right now and if you look closely you can see everyone around him looking all confused probably due to the fact that he's dressed so oddly compared to them you can look at this picture on our Instagram at the Weird History Year Tells Pod. Or if you want to be selfish and not add us on Instagram, you can find the picture as it's titled Surfer Dude. Now, I want to talk about the Adidas mummy that I mentioned earlier I in the episode. I want to see this mm. fucking Yeezy wearing motherfucker. So the health goth or the Adidas mummy, as many pedestrians seem to call the specific person, guilty of time travel. This Adidas mummy is to preserve the body of a 30 to 40 year old woman discovered at the Alti Mountain region of Mongolia in 2016. She had been buried there for about 1100 years. Cause of death seemed to be a blow to the head, but what grabbed everyone's attention was her shoes. When closely observed, on her feet were what seemed to be the Adidas Samba ADV Snowboard Boots 2020. Retaining close to three hundred fucking dollars. The shoes on her feet were made of felt, with splashes of bright red, and were knee length with leather soles. The shoes' unique design looked identical. The ones she's wearing look almost identical to these Adidas boots, and of course, have many have led many to question that perhaps this ancient Mongolian woman was in fact a, tri- a time traveling person 
amongst these Adidas snow boots, a beauty kit was found on her makeup and things of that nature, as well as a mirror, comb, and knife. So, let's go look on our Instagram, The Weird History Tells Pod, and you tell us if you think this was just a coincidence or do her shoes actually look like the Adidas Samba ADV snow boots? Before we end the episode, I want to talk about the time traveling building. Building. Well, you've heard us talking about people going back in time. But have you ever heard of a whole ass building going back in time or going to the future? Well, here it is. Yep. A couple were on vacation in Spain in the late 1970s. They were leaving England and roaming through France on their, you know, just regular touristy sightseeing shit while near Montelimar. They decided to stop and look for a hotel to spend the night, but unfortunately for them, everything was booked, and after going from hotel to hotel, from street to street, they eventually found one an odd in an odd place, an old two-story building with the simple word, hotel above the entrance so they got a room and spent the night despite everything seeming old-fashioned they said the bed was hard the room didn't have a telephone and there was no glass in the windows they thought it was just old-timey themed they thought it was just an old-timey themed hotel so they took some pictures called it a night and went to bed so the next morning when they went into the dining room they had a, they had a chance to see the hotel's other customers and they too looked strangely out of place. They were dressed in Victorian era clothing. There were two soldiers dressed in old uniforms eating in this hotel. And when the bill came, it was only 19 francs, which is really cheap considering that hotels during that day would be around 90 francs. So like, damn, this place is charging. It's like old theme. They're, mm-hmm. they're thinking like, oh, cool. It's like an old timey hotel. Mm-hmm. And they're keeping everything. And then when it comes to pay, they're like, oh, shit. They're keeping the prices. Cool. 19. Cool. Give it. Paid. Take it. So they paid the bill and continued on their vacation. But it wasn't until when they came back to France on their return back home when they noticed a strange experience get even stranger. When they came back to look for the hotel, they realized it never existed. Say what? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. wasn't just shut down or they weren't be able or they weren't able to find it again. The place just didn't exist. They asked the they asked the locals. No one in Montelimar, locals or businessmen, had ever even heard of this building. When they returned home, the mystery deepened. As all the photographs they took were blank. So now, not only was there no proof that the hotel existed, but now there was no proof that they'd ever been there at all. Hmm. And that is the end of our time traveling episode. If you just want to give yourselves a good read, please, please check out the book, The Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England, a handbook for visitors to the 14th century by Ian Mortimer. This book is fucking amazing. Like I just picked a little two tidbits. This book is pretty, it's a pretty thick book. It's probably what, like almost 400 pages, but it breaks down everything. What you should wear, what you should eat, what you should order to make sure not to eat this because 
during this time when you would order this sometimes this meant that you wanted to eat people and like there's a bunch of different codes and things you have to like learn when you're going back in time when it comes to visiting medieval england like traveling you have to make sure you have money and if you have any money are you gonna take the road or are you gonna take the water you're gonna go by boat well make sure if you're gonna go by boat to not go through these seas because remember during this time and around this time pirates were, it's just a real it's like a history buffs like little nerdgasm book it's really cool it's a really cool book it's, it was only like 14 bucks on amazon mm-hmm. how crazy would it be if, like if this became a real thing time, time, time traveling actually exists now and for those who like fuck it let's go travel mm-hmm. literally time traveling mm-hmm. well, i want to go back the- yeah yeah well not I mean, fuck medieval but you want you want to go to I'm not going England? to medieval. No, suck my dick. I'm not going there. Rivers of wine. Rivers of fucking no. Rivers of no. Just fucking no. I'm not sold. You don't want Cochrane either. I'm not. Uh, can I just spawn there and then leave after? Oh, I have to spawn and fucking. Travel. No, I mean you could spawn in Cochrane, but that means you're going to medieval England. And I win. You want to get your dick wet in medieval England? That means you gotta go. To medieval England, and if you're gonna go to medieval Let's England, see how bad the med- medieval. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go to medieval England, were back then. You, know you want to borrow my book? <laughs> Probably not. Probably you, not. You, it's you, a journey. You, Fuck. If I die, I die. Oh, you're gonna die. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna die. You're gonna die. But Fuck. This is a cool like. It, it's never peaked. Like it's never hooked me. But it was. It's always been an interesting topic. Like, when it comes to theories, like right, like I, when I was doing, like when I was just bullshitting and just looking into it. Like, these Iranian scientists from, like, this year claim that they invented the first time machine. Yeah, where you could uh, look into the future? Yeah, where you could look into the future, which is really, which is pretty well, crazy. Well, crazy, but then, like, I forget how many days or hours of shit they took down that article or that Oh, I just read it once. Or, yeah, like, they... Oh, now shit. Now they're saying that, that shit doesn't exist. It exists. I read it. Uh, well, it doesn't exist I'm going to get taken out. Okay. <laughs> Dead. So I hope you get, dead. Dead. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It was a really fun episode. And one of the things that I wanted to say in this episode that I wanted to say at the end, I want to thank you guys for fifty thousand downloads. We finally reached fifty thousand. We're at fifty k. We're at fifty one k. Fifty one k. Um, September was a slow month for us in terms of episodes. We did barely two, which was crazy considering that was our best month ever. Ha. <laughs> Ever we had like five thousand downloads. Yeah, like you. The, I didn't respond to this because I'm a dick, and mostly because I was sick. I'm still kind of recovering from that. That's nah, mainly because you're a dick. So, uh, oh, that comment that someone sent. Yeah, about yeah. like, man, these episodes are getting short. <laughs> yeah, but like one of the. Thi- oh, thank you guys for giving a fifty thousand. That's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Thank you guys. Again, you guys can check out all these. Pictures on our Instagram, the Weird History Eerie Tales Pod. So when this episode goes live, usually I upload it at night. So by the morning, you guys can check it out. If you if it comes out that morning, starting from that day going forward for like the next week, I'm gonna upload these pictures. I just don't want to just throw all 15 pictures in one day. Yeah, I don't know. Just I want to keep these keep things interesting. Because I've heard people tell me, like, what the hell I went? Like, I listened to the episode and tried to go to the Instagram, and the pictures weren't up. I'm like, well, yeah, you're fucking, I uploaded at midnight, and you're listening to it at one in the morning. Like, bro. <laughs> like, give me a break, bro. Like, give me a break. I'm only human. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, we're gonna be a little more active. We've been more active recently in terms of pictures and, th- and things like that. And um, it's October. It's Halloween month. Ooh, so, so we have a few things up our sleeves. And one of the things is the next topic is going to be a fun one. And it's about the Bell Witch haunting. Mm. But that's going to be the next topic. Since it is Halloween, I it'll only be good. It'll, it'll only fit right for, for, for us to give you, you know, a spooky the spooky, episode. The a little spooky, spooky episode. So if you guys don't have anything else to add. I don't want to go to medieval England. <laughs> go. Dude, Cock Lane, bro. Oh, so now you're getting convinced. <laughs> Sadly. He, he wants to go. For a fucking give, whore. Give him the book. <laughs> I heard of a whorehouse, but a whore block? Dude. Horse Street. Horse Street. We are the Weird History. Here we tell Spot.